from days of long ago. From uncharted regions of the universe comes a legend. The legend of Voltron, defender of the universe. A mighty robot, loved by good, feared by evil. Voltron, defender of the universe. And here we go. Gentlemen, we are tonight's entertainment. I told you already, I'm gonna kill you. Maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow. That's not how the force works. Very small man can cast a very large shadow. Once more, the Sith will rule the galaxy. Impressive. Most impressive. You are on the Sith list. Welcome, welcome, welcome to episode number 59 of the Sith list. I'm your host, Taraj Dolachahi, and my partners in crime for this evening's adventure in crime, the one and only Carlos Buarguayo, and Les is more Gonzalez? Crunch, crunch. Fuck, man, we had it You so did good. that wrong. Last week, last was, week was amazing. Last you forgot. said I Les I is, and then I, I was like, Ugh. I forgot from last. Last week, we nailed it. Perfect. Yeah, I got to go back to the archives. So it was, <laughs> you said Les, and I said more. Crunch, crunch. There, we, we fucked it wow. up again. Life. We know our name, guys. Fucking lordy. Do, 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 do you? After that perfect delivery from last uh, week, here's what we get now. All right, whatever. What a difference Thank you, peeps, makes. for yeah. listening to The Sith Lesson and uh, being with us this evening or mm-hmm. this afternoon or this morning, whenever you're listening to it. Whenever. We yeah. really appreciate it. Thank you again to Emily Lindo Lynn and mm-hmm. downtown Brittany Brown for coming <laughs> on last week. And yes, thank you, Causing ladies. a ruckus. It was a blast. We had Flipped a great time. the tables time. over. Yeah, they came through. Yeah, they Oof. did. They came in and just made yeah. shit happen. They did That's their right. thing. It was, a, it was a great time. It was a great time. Editing was a great time. Podcasting was just all, all around a great time. And also a big shout out to Andrew Medina. And Stephanie Gruner for getting married. We're all there. We had a blast. Got hitched. Got hitched up. Doing and thing. All the crew, Bert and Lo and mm-hmm. all those guys. The primos. Caesar and the primos <laughs> and the cousins and everybody there. What's and up, primo? Stephanie's family and everybody we met. We mm-hmm. had a great time. Sith List was represented at the Medina wedding. That's right. Medina slash Gruner wedding. No more Gruner for her. No more. Gruner. She's not going to hyphenate. I, well, uh, let's not get into any of that. Yeah, let's know. leave that alone. All right, not my biz. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> but let's get into some shenanigans. You can find us on the interweb, they call it, on Facebook, at symbol, The Sithless Podcast. You can find us on Instagram, The Sithless. You can find us on Public with all kinds of merchandise, including stickers, including iPhone cases oh, sure. and book covers. Tpublic.com and look up The Sithless. And you can also find us on uh, Instagram, obviously. There's at the Sith List, boo. At the Sith List, boo. And Les. 
at less is more 78. That's Twitter, everyone. That is Twitter, everyone. Mm-hmm. So thank you, thank you, thank you for that. And also, we want to thank Andrew Medina for doing all this. The groom himself yes. helps yes. us out with all that social media stuff. So thank you once again, Andrew Medina. Now, this episode today is going to be a little bit different. We're not going to break down all kinds of different stuff that we normally do. We're going to ask kind of like a question and answer to each one of us. We're going to ask point blank answers, kind of like the flash round, but everything has to do with geekdom. So I want to get your takes on certain things. Okay. And you can ask me my take on certain things and, you know, vice versa. Yes. Whatever we're going to talk about. All right. Let's dive into the box office this week. We have a new number one, first time in three weeks. Kingsman 2 landed in the number one spot with 39. Point two three million dollars for the weekend. It's made a hundred million worldwide, and it came in second. Still is killing it. Twenty nine point seven million, and Ninjago made twenty million, and that's a Lego Ninjago movie. Here's the thing: I saw Kingsman two. It was a kind of a cool thing. All the groomsmen got to crash out the night before the wedding, and we didn't have to be at the wedding area or the ceremonies till four thirty. So. We woke up, had breakfast, pretty hungover, and headed to see the Kingsman. So the groomsmen went to see the Kingsman. Here is my take. I'm a huge fan of the first film. Thought it was great. Thought it was very innovative. Loved the style of the film. Loved the acting. The guy that plays Eggsy was amazing. Colin Firth was great. Everybody was good in it. Even Samuel Jackson was fucking good in it. And that takes a lot for me to say. Part two. Thought it was about 25 minutes too long. Mm Mm-hmm. It was entertaining, it was fun, it was funny at times, but didn't have that feel that the first one did. Mm -hmm. Do I recommend it? I absolutely recommend it. Just go and have fun and enjoy a piece of movie, a piece of film for two and a half hours. If you can see it matinee, that'd be even better. Is it as good as the first one? Absolutely not. Is it worth watching? Yeah, I guess so. There were certain things about it without spoiling that I was unnecessary. Channing Tatum was completely unnecessary in the film. Halle Berry was good in it. She was cool. And everybody else was great acting-wise. Everything was all hunky-dory. But they were just getting a little bit too ridiculous. I don't want this franchise, because it's, it's going to be a franchise. I don't want it to start getting crazy ridiculous. Um, the first one was fun. And it was like a roller coaster ride. This one has some cool visual shots. I enjoyed it. I went to a matinee. If I spent 12 bucks, would I be having this much praise? Maybe not. So you go see it and let me know. Send us your messages, your voicemails, and your emails, and let us know what you thought about Kingsman 2. You know what was cool about it? I will say this. I'm not spoiling anything. Elton John's in the film. He's in the poster, actually, You can by looking at the credits of the actors in there. He was pretty funny. So big kudos to Elton John. I thought he was great. Okay. It killed it again. And crushed it. What a great movie. Yes. Very good movie. Every week we talk about how great it is, mm-hmm. but it just keeps getting better and better. Unbelievable. I really, I mean, I'm probably jumping the gun here, but as a, I really want to see a remake of Firestarter now. Hmm. Yeah. I really would like That's them to take Firestarter and just CG the hell out of it. Just go as brutal as the book was. Mm-hmm. Firestarter was a good movie, but yeah, let's let's get the the two thousands touch. Well, here's it. here here we go. Here's our first question of the evening: What Stephen King film would you like to redo, and 
watch again. You well, just said Firestarter. Yeah, I, I have a couple, else? but okay. Firestarter for sure is one of them. And then uh, this one might be campy, but Silver Bullet. Hmm. Oh, wow. And that was actually probably my first ever taste of Stephen King when I, and I was a kid. I was about 10 years old. And it was a rough time at our, in my family's time, uh, for my family at the time, like mm-hmm. going through an ugly divorce. Right. So my dad had us and we were sleeping with different friends. You know, his network of friends came through to help him out. Uh, one night hanging out, uh, everyone was asleep and I couldn't sleep, but I was just hanging out and I found a little book. And it was called Cycle of the Werewolf. Okay. And I read it and I was like, my mind was blown. It had illustrations in it, uh, but it was Silver Bullet and it's written by Stephen King. And the movie was cheesy, but most Stephen King movies, when they get that, because I know he has a deal, right? Where he does like, he gives up and coming directors or new directors a shot. The, the he gives them their dollar. rights to the rights to go ahead and make and adapt any of his books into a, a movie. Yeah. Uh, and that's exactly what it looked like. And that's why I'm saying maybe even Firestarter should be remade because I'm sure, or I don't know who did Firestarter. Drew back Barrymore then, was in Firestarter, But right? she was in <laughs> Firestarter. And you know what? Get it. Get it. Just the new, the way the money is now and the way the technology is and the way the movie making goes, they could probably make a really, really awesome Firestarter or Silver Bullet movie. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Now, they've redone Carrie. Yep. I saw that. Yes. What else have they redone? Obviously, they've redone It. They haven't redone Shining. They did it for television. And uh, he did that. That was Stephen King. Yes. Hmm. It was his. Yes, it was. That him. was his thing. Uh, they've totally taken a ton of his stuff and just expanded it more than he's wanted it to be done. But um, yeah, I don't know, man. Maybe we maybe we're missing something. But I think they haven't redone a lot of his stuff. Mm-hmm. But. Yeah, but what do you think? What, is there a certain Stephen King novel or movie that you like to see rehashed up? Maximum Overdrive. Oh, yeah, that's right. You love that movie. Yes, I do. Yes, yeah, I do. that would be cool. And uh, although the lack of explanation that is in the movie as as to why or what is causing what is going on or the reason for it and all that does add to the movie, I would like a like a like more of a finite answer in the movie and maybe maybe more... Uh, epic, epic moments of, of the vehicles and stuff like that taking over and, and killing people. Cause you, you, you hear about, you, you see that there's been a plane crash. It's like a small, like Cessna's plane. I would like to hear, you know, bigger, bigger accidents and stuff like that. Or, you know, see something, you know, really bad happen on a highway where it's just dozens and dozens of cars just flying off an overpass or something oh, like yeah. that. That'd Make it really, cool. you know, like end of the world kind of shit. Apocalyptic. Yes. I, I yeah. think that would be really cool. And, and, and then also have that, uh, that small group of characters, you know, that, that has to huddle together and, and find a way to just to survive and stuff like that. I think that, that'd be plus the way it would look, especially nowadays, would be kick ass. That would kick ass. Yeah. Do you, do you, would you choice. go with the Green Goblin covering the truck again or would you oh. pick something different now? I would still go with the truck. Maybe, maybe not the Green Goblin, but something, it's probably something more menacing, something, uh, scarier i'd say that is a distinct look oh it is it is but 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 still keep the still keep the flow but you know where it, it's it's uh i don't know maybe maybe like uh i don't know maybe it has horns on it or something like that you, you know you know like some of these uh some of the truck drivers really customize their trucks something something pretty badass like that yeah that's cool that would be a great one mm-hmm. i like to see creep show coming soon
jolting tales of horror. Creep Show. From the author of Carrie, The Shining, and Cujo. And the creator of Night of the Living Dead and Dawn of the Dead. You'll scream at ghastly ghouls. Cringe at weird kids. And shiver at the doings of evil doctors. Creep Show will grab you, grow on you, and give you the creeps. Creep Show, the most fun you'll ever have being scared. Creep Show would be really cool. And they also remade Running Man. Let's not forget that. Not Running Man. Yeah, Running Man. No. No, no, no. The one we talk. Oh, yes, that's true. That wasn't a Stephen King. No, no, no. no I, I totally fucked up on that one. <laughs> Which was? Which I was thinking of. Um, Total Recall? Total Recall, again. Yeah. Like no. Yeah. Children of the Corn would be good. Mm. Wow. So that would be a fun one to, to redo. But, uh, yeah, I think Creep Show would be just great. He has so many, man. Tons I mean, and tons and tons gosh, of stories, yeah. Darn apt pupil. Was crazy. Hey, Cat's Eye was with Drew Barrymore as well. He was, yes. he was in both. Yeah, that was his yeah. car starter and that. Cujo would be a crazy one. Um, and they've changed so much from those stories too. So mm-hmm. yeah. Did Maybe. you ever see Secret Window? Yes, I did. It was good. Uh, yes, it was actually a pretty solid movie. Uh, that's Johnny Depp. Yeah, Johnny Depp. Johnny Depp. John Turturro. Yeah, really good actually. And The Mist was a totally different ending than the book. It's extremely right. different, extremely ending. different. But apparently, Stephen King liked it better. Enjoyed that ending. Yes. He liked it yes. much better than the ending he wrote. Yeah, one of the better endings I've seen for a movie. Yeah, cool. That's not. That's a pretty good discussion. Mm-hmm. Well, Stephen King actually is so prevalent right now. Yeah, and the sequel to it is going to be started in January 2018. Is when they're going to start filming. Wow. So it's going to be a, quick style. So I got to sign some actors. So yeah. question then: Does that mean they get they take a crack at making the stand? Yeah, the stand and turning it into a two-parter. They only made the stand is a miniseries, yeah, right? just like it. Yes, yeah, yeah. They could do that and make it a two-parter movie, just like you know, this, the, it being so successful, it's going to open the door for some of the other Stephen King films that weren't as successful, and they're mm-hmm. going to try to do motion pictures out get of them. Justice, justice, yeah. I guarantee it. Okay, yeah. All right, let's get into an email from Mr. Rob Casaba, our good friend Rob. And he emailed us this week, and this is what he had to say. Hey, guys, just a few thoughts from your pal, Rob. First of all, the only thing I find ironic, as the guy named Boo not liking horror movie, is Frank Beard being the only member of ZZ Top without one. Ha! That's true. I have ever thought about that, Rob. That is actually, you're dead on on that one. That's funny. That is really funny. Uh, he goes on to say, I saw it, and it was very impressed both as a move unto itself and as an adaptation of the book. The movie does a great job of portraying Henry Bowers, Beverly's dad, and Eddie's mom. To me, they are almost as scary as it, which is right out of the novel. I totally agree with that one as well. God, Beverly's dad was so bad. and Eddie's mom was just, just creepy. Uh, he goes on to say again, I also wanted to point out an obscure reference to the 80s and 90s Seattle music scene. Bev has a concert poster in her room for the replacements and the young, fresh fellows. The fellows as they are often referred to, was my favorite local band back in the day. Oh, how cool is that? They were one of the pioneers of what would become the grunge sound. 
I love them, but their material was way too goofy to really break big as titles such as Amy Grant, Beer Money, Taco Wagon, Amy Grant might suggest. They even have a song that refers to former Marlon slugger Gorman Thomas. I know Raj remembers him. Oh, I sure do. That dude was a beast. If I remember correctly, Gorman Thomas had this like cool handlebar mustache, big dude, wore that old school. He was in the era where they wore that old school Poseidon hat with the M on it, if I remember. So their front man, Scott McCoy, is a super nice guy that I got to meet a couple of times. He eventually gained some measure of fame when he played with R.E.M. on the Monster Tour and later recorded with them on a couple albums. But I digress. One more really good movie based on Stephen King's work that I don't know if you've mentioned is Dead Zone, starring Christopher Walken. Until next time, Rob. Well, that's really cool, Rob. The Fellows, I don't know if I remember The Fellows. Well, The Replacements, of course, I remember. But how great is that that you picked up on that? That's so freaking cool. I was trying to pick up on a bunch of stuff in the room as well. And uh, that is just, that's awesome. This is a good segue. I'm going to be on Richie and Ollie's show, I believe, coming up soon. And we're talking about the 90s music scene. And we're going to kind of dissect certain years from the 90s and where music was at that time. So I'm really looking forward to that. I'll let you know exactly when that is. That's going to be great. I think I might be on there with Hazi Haas. And we're going to talk some music, which is my favorite thing to talk about. So there you have that. Thank you, Rob. And I'm glad you loved it. And I, I uh, agree with you about The Dead Zone. I remember that movie. Walken was great on it. And it'd be great if they maybe remade that one. That would be kind of cool. So thanks, Rob. Really appreciate it, buddy. All right, let's get into something that we've kind of just swept under the rug the last couple of weeks, even though we shouldn't be, probably. Mm -hmm. Fear of the Walking Dead, Fear of the Walking Dead, actually, came out with his season two, part two, or part three. I don't know. Second half. Back from its mid-season break. Thank you. Second half of the fucking second season, yeah. Second season. And I haven't seen it yet. Mm -mm. Boo, you haven't seen it yet, unless you have. Yeah, I saw the two episodes that they showed, they aired. Yeah, well, what'd you think about them? Uh, I don't know. Not good? Um... No, not not good. It's just turning into. They did the wrong thing by taking uh, out Travis. They fucked up on that. They one. screwed yeah. up. So maybe for shock value, that was a good thing to do, but to leave the mother as the the leave Madison as the uh, the maybe. Rick of the mm-hmm. story or the 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 calculating leader. No way. It just doesn't work. She doesn't exude power to me she doesn't exude control she doesn't exude someone you just i don't i wouldn't follow her anywhere not that not because she's a, a woman mm-hmm. but because she just doesn't do it physically she's not she doesn't put a, a quality out there for me so it almost felt like i was like i mean i was doing laundry at that point i was like folding my laundry instead of actually being fully engaged watching mm. a spinoff which fear has gotten a lot better yeah we were talking about that. The first season, it was kind of shaky. It was kind of shaky, but it was just starting to find its legs. Then it came through, and it was great. It got ramped up really well, and then the mid-season break happens, and we're stuck on this like Indian reservation slash uh, commune, like uh, commune complex compound thing. And the better story, to tell the truth, the better plot is the Mexico plot. With Strand and Daniel and everyone. Yeah, you think they should just keep with that I one? I think they should just stick with that or they should 
find a way to get them all together because Strand and Daniel and Ophelia and the other characters are way more in, intriguing. Even Nick has gone down as a character for me. He has not. Yeah, and he was the star. And he was not engaging in any way. He's found a way to go down. So it's it's becoming just this dragging thing. And I don't know if the ratings have gone down, but I don't. No, Meh. no, Meh. I'm I'm actually rather I'd rather watch the last ship, which is supposedly yeah, in its you final love that season. Show. And I I was found the time to watch the two episodes that they had put out the week after. So okay, yeah. If if I had a choice of a Sunday night right now, it would be the last ship. For By sure. the way, speaking of television, shout out to Donald Glover, who has is racking the Emmys up mm-hmm. last week. Oh, that's uh, right. Huh? Who racked the Emmys up last week uh, for Atlanta? Mm-hmm. So uh, Lando is kicking ass. Yes, he is. Good job, Oliver. Works every time, baby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and also speaking of in television, uh, the Star Trek franchise, who's last lasted over fifty years, and they have a new one coming out on CBS soon. Mm-hmm. And of all people, Quentin Tarantino was asked on Nerdist if he would ever want to do a Star Trek movie. Ooh, that's an interesting question. Yeah, he, this is what he had to say uh, to Chris Hardwick on Nerdist. And all the films they've established it so much that you need Uhura, you need a Scotty, you need a Bones, you need all the stuff going on at all the time. Everybody has to be represented in some big story where they all have to deal. Where I actually think it could be cool because some of those episodes are fantastic. And the only thing that limited them were their 60s budgets and eight days of shooting schedule. And even having said that, they did a magnificent job. But you could take some of the great classic Star Trek episodes and just easily expand them to 90 minutes or more and really do something amazing, some amazing stuff with it. Hmm. We've always talked about Tarantino maybe doing a sci-fi film. So that's his 10th movie right there? Yeah, I don't think he's all ever do it, but <laughs> that would be crazy if he takes his favorite episode, mm-hmm. Star Trek episode, and remakes it and makes it a film. Yeah, but he likes to do a lot of blood, right? Yeah. So will a a phaser blast mean like a puff of blood? Yeah. Or like an actual leave of blood trail? Like he's, he's. We're not, we're not, uh, we're not setting our phasers to stun in his movie. No, it's to to obliterate. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know what? I'm a-okay with that. Yeah. Somebody's in space and they're in pieces. And then he'll do the the Mexican standoff thing like big time where everybody's holding phasers at each other Mm -hmm. and they just blast away and you barely make it out alive. Yeah. (laughs) That'd be crazy. I would love to see him do a sci-fi. I would love to see him do that, too. I would love him to see a Star Wars standalone. So I have a question. You mentioned 10th movie. What is that all about? You're saying you got 10 movies in you, and this is it after 10? That's kind of... What are you talking about, Quentin? Well, that's kind of the idea. I mean, look... I'll give myself a little wiggle room. It could be 11, but I doubt it's going to be be 12 or 13 or 14, you know? Uh, um, I don't want to be a director that just directs. Uh, because he doesn't know anything else to do, and uh, and he needs to be on the set, or he needs the uh, attention, uh, and, and I'm working to uh, diminishing capabilities, uh, diminishing talent, diminishing um, uh, focus. Um, I don't see any evidence of that. Well, uh, well, I'm, <laughs> I'm still a young man, all right? Uh, there better not be any two, evidence. Two movies left, yeah. maybe three. That's not enough. Hmm. Yeah. He has one coming out. He's writing, I believe, right mm-hmm. now. And that's but number he will eight, only... I believe. Yeah. Oh, okay. So he's got two more in him, allegedly. Yeah. We'll see. Hopefully, hopefully he 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 finds the uh the need to make more movies, but as he's and he's held on to that for a while that he's only gonna make ten. 
Yeah. Who knows? Who really knows? But yeah, he's, I, I kind of believe him actually. <laughs> yeah. I, I wouldn't be surprised yeah. if he only did make 10. He was supposed to do a Kill Bill, another Kill Bill. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the 20 years in yeah, he told, the future? Yeah, well, no, not, yeah, 20 years daughter, after number with, two. With 20 years after number two, where uh, Vernita Green's daughter is seeking revenge. Exactly. Now, right? yeah. yeah. And he told him with Thurman he'd give her 10 years or 15 years to recover. Because there was a lot Uma of Thurman? work. She had to, yeah, Uma Thurman, I'm sorry, yeah. Crazy. Hey, question for you, Les. I know that Destiny is part two came out. And everybody and their mothers are talking about this game, and everybody's been playing it like crazy. Uh, Mike Pappas, I think, binge played it for hours and hours and hours on end. Because that's what you do hopefully with a new game, has, everyone. Hopefully he still has his girlfriend. Yeah. <laughs> but what is the uh, lore to this? What's the big deal to Destiny? Boo, you you played Destiny before? I played Destiny 1. I played Destiny 1. Uh, what is it? Uh, I have friends who play Destiny too, so I so I, I I get it. But there's a whole ton to do. I'll I'll I'll, I'll jump in here, Les. Yeah. Uh, there's a whole ton to do because it's a it's a mix of an RPG and uh, and, and and kind of an MMO where you can and an FPS, which is a first person shooter. Exactly. So. Yeah. So you're able to uh, select a character. Add add to your character, change their look, uh, upgrade their abilities, change the uh, change the armor, stuff like that. There's a whole ton of people or a ton of things you can do. And then there's with online gaming, you can interact with tons of people. There's different things that you that you're able to do here, different things you're able to do here. You can do stuff on your own. You can put up a whole team together and do do something that's really badass. It's something that this game has been able to do that is that people other people have tried. Which is very hard to do because this is mainly something you'd be able to do on like a uh, a PC game stuff called uh, like in um, World of Warcraft. There's certain things that you need a a uh, a big team for, like about six people, called a raid. Okay, where you will go through levels, and levels, and levels, and levels of something to get to a final goal, in which you need a team, you need to coordinate, you need to have you know this guy be this, you know that guy be communications that. communications and callouts. That's exactly, what it's, that's yeah, what it's, uh, referred to as. Yeah, so so there's tons of different things that you can do that that uh that have really uh, uh bolstered this game to be different than others. Yeah. And well, can this can this game be turned into a film? Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Definitely can be turned into a film. Uh what I was going to say about it is there's elements of it and I, we talked about this with Hawes. Um I don't want to say it's like Star Wars, but it has a lot of qualities of these science fiction, star-spanning films and stories that we all love and and follow. So what you'll get is, is yes, there's an evil empire out there with these massive ships that is coming to invade and take everything down, and you have to fight against that. Uh, As far as the online community, Destiny does do a lot to bring people together because for certain things, they'll offer for certain activities they'll offer matchmaking where you just press the button and all of a sudden you're playing with random guys so i've played with people from germany and people from argentina oh that's cool and you know we're playing we're doing strike playlists together and we're just going through the whole thing and enjoying ourselves uh that it combines all the elements of all these other games probably much better than most games out there Mm -hmm. so some games are just for the online uh death matches so like the multiplayer like uh call of duty call of duty is just for that or halo has a massive game but then it's short and then you go into into multiplayer multiplayer. Mm -hmm. but for destiny like carlos said it's all about the loot and that's the one thing it's an addiction almost where people are just (laughs) like i have to find this gun i have to do the quest to get this uh piece of armor i have to do these things to upgrade my levels and yeah, you could spend hours, like you said. Papa's 
binged played. Uh, I know Hawes played when he said he was going to be hanging out at home. He said he's going to be playing Destiny 2. And you All know what? <laughs> you can literally piss away a whole, you know, five hours of a day, you know, just gaming it on Destiny. And, and for any game for that matter. But for the most part, yeah, Destiny is just that fun and just that cool. And they're always adding new exp- expansions, new mm-hmm. downloadable content. And uh, there's actually a real lore behind it. So you can go on YouTube and look up Destiny lore and they break down all kinds of stuff. And the website Bungie has a very, very good site to back things up. So instead of you finding the background in the game, you can actually go online and go to the website and look at the look at the different things and, and just learn more about what you're playing. That's amazing. No wonder no everybody's fucking playing it. <laughs> I just start playing it. Is it hard? No, but it's frustrating because there's so many enemies. So yeah. if you're gonna play, you should always play with people. You should always have someone on. Yeah. I mean you can do solo campaigns. It's yeah, more of a, it's just, more of a team game. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well that's even better. Mm-hmm. Yes. Do people get pissed off at you if you suck? <laughs> these are all yeah, loaded. these, are all, you, these okay. are all loaded questions but yeah. you can you can send so if you do like a post or something or you say hey guys look we're gonna do this raid today but listen no rage quitting we're in it all the way because a raid will take you especially hours. if you don't know what you're doing if you guys are barely going through it on a fresh run yeah it could take you hours it could yeah. legitimately and a lot take of frustration you. a lot really? of frustration yeah. yeah a lot of okay if one person dies in a raid, they they stay there. You can't revive them. You have to keep going, or mm-hmm. everyone has to go back to get you or make it to the next. Yeah, it, it can get frustrating, but I think all the all games are like that. Um, I think the new Battlefront's going to be like that, where we're going to be able to do some things. I think they're going to have some elements of Destiny where you're going to be able to take a fire team of three or up to six people and be able to go play, go do some stuff, you know, on indoor, and you know maybe even go to Hoth or go to other you know places in Star Wars canon or yeah. lore that you can be able to go and, and recreate some of those events and be able to play missions and stuff like that. So it's 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 good. A lot of people are playing it, and it, rightfully so. It's brand new. Okay, so I'm in this super boring meeting about something I don't know. Wasn't paying attention. Then boom. It was like an ugly contest where everyone was a winner. This one dude was all, Rawr! so I shot him. And then I shot this other one. Shot a couple extra guys just to be safe. I did I did a lot of shooting, if I'm being totally honest. Then they destroyed my favorite store. Second favorite. There's that spicy ramen shop. I'm getting sidetracked. Look, long story short, I get busy. And I'm thinking, I've got this. You know, when you're in that, you go, I got this. But man... I so did not have it. Uh, guess you have to be there. Well, better get back to it. How long did it take between Destiny One and Two? Well, there was about three years. Was okay. it about three years? Yeah, I thought uh, it was. I thought it was just like just over two. It was, was three years because time. a lot of the um because yeah. then a lot of the new versions of the weapons that came out in year one and then they raised the light level oh, and they right. raised your yeah. top level. And then it'll say year three, mm-hmm. year three version. So, yeah, it was de- uh, three years. All right, cool. We got some video game news yeah. there. You, Boo, you had a question, something about last week, right? Yes. That we talked per- about? Pertaining to last week, you'd uh, brought up a quote that Stan Lee had talking about if X-Men will ever be part of the Disney uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yeah. And I was, and it, may, it got me thinking because I was wondering, let's say in a hypothetical world, that tomorrow we find out that Disney... Disney Marvel gets all the X-Men. 
literally all the X-Men, the, the entire co- encompassing X-Men universe. Do they, does Disney Marvel drop whatever plans they have for the future in order to, I don't want to say do it correctly, but do it the, the way the comic books have done it with different, uh, different ways that the Avengers have come together with the X-Men and stuff like that? Or do they continue with their plan? as it is now and find some way to pop in the X-Men into a universe that is already well, well, crowded. well, yeah, well crowded and well established and just have a new, literally a, a race of people pop in, which I, which I, I think would be very hard to do and it would kind of hurt my intelligence. Yeah, that's a great question. So you're saying if tomorrow a deal was struck, would they scrap everything, scrap the next phase yes. and, and start over fresh? Yeah, I think they would. Man. I think they would, not sort of refresh, but I think they would scrap the next phase after Infinity War 2, and then from there, think about how they can incorporate the X-Men going forward. So what you'll probably get is, you'll get Captain Marvel, mm-hmm. you'll get Black Panther, mm-hmm. and then after, and these are supposed to happen after Infinity War, right? I think Black Panther's coming before Infinity I War. I think they Black Panther, yeah. So, okay, so you'll get Captain Marvel. Then, yes, he's right. Maybe they'll knock everything down. Mm-hmm. And then after Infinity War, maybe even write it into Infinity War where someone will say, you know, have a Tony Stark or Fury have a You know, one of the one of the people in the war room go or the tacticians go, should we call in Xavier and his guys? Mm-hmm. And then that's all you need. Yeah, it's really all you need is to hear that, to hear just to hear that to, to have the mentioning of the mute and to have, you know. Should we talk to, to should we be talking to Xavier or mm-hmm. maybe should should Dr. McCoy be coming in on this? Mm-hmm. And you go, oh, ooh, and that just right there for anybody out there. When you hear that, boom, you get and the tickle. Yeah, you get the tickle. And then all of a sudden it becomes, you know, the whole all of a sudden there's a new movie coming out. And maybe that will take that'll help put to bed the Fox ness. Yeah, the Fox X-Men universe. Yeah. Yeah. See. So yeah. So that's that, that. That's what I was wondering is that if they would just just ixnay the rest. That, that I didn't think that they would actually do it after Infinity War. That's actually a really good idea because I was because I was wondering because with that big of an opportunity, I wasn't sure if they would continue on and kind of not shelve it, but wait. But yeah. But that but but that works and that's a much smoother smoother transition than I yeah I I, I could think of yeah. Cause, cause it would seem like such a big opportunity that I think that they would almost be like, we gotta hit the, we, we gotta hit the ground running and do it now kind of thing. Well, there you go, boo. Yep. That was a pretty good question. It was a great thank question. You, thank you. All right. Let's get into something that we completely missed last week. <laughs> the reason we missed it is because everybody already talked about it and it, the news broke the day that we released the podcast, mm-hmm. I believe. There was really nothing for us more to to talk about. We but we did get some emails and we did get some voicemails about this issue. And the issue that I'm talking about is Colin Trevorrow getting fired and J.J. Abrams coming in with that white horse and to save the day. <laughs> and uh, we got some emails, right? But I want to get your guys' take first on this. What do you think about this? About Mr. Abrams coming back? I can't. I can't say it's bad. It's impossible to say that it's bad. From what we've heard and the information that's that's been that has come to light about Javaro, I think it is a step up. The thing that makes me nervous is maybe not not the apprehension, but but just the 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 decision for J.J. Abrams not to want to make more Star Wars movies, and now now he's kind of just been pushed into it to make another one. That's the thing that kind of makes me nervous. Not that he's gonna not gonna do a good job, but it 
you know, just kind of odd. I think, you know, if, if they asked, you know, you're going to make Nick nine, nine Star Wars movies, I'd be fucking gun ho. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you here's, know, here's the deal. They also asked, the rumor is, and there was reports out that they asked Ryan Johnson to do this film. Mm. And he said no. Hmm. And, and he said the same exact reason what JJ said after At Force first. Awakens. He said that he needs, a, he wants to be with his family. He needs a break mm. to figure out exactly what he wants to do next. When you do a Star Wars film, it You're takes doing up your Wars life yeah. for at least two or three years. Mm-hmm. You hardly see your family. You're, You're constantly thinking globe. about Star Wars, Star Wars, Star Wars. <laughs> when it finally ends, it's just a sense of relief. Mm-hmm. They ask these guys right after they're mm-hmm. done with the film and they're doing press junkets. Of course, they're not going to. Like, gonna, like, hell yeah, no. Okay. Yeah. But you see it. how quick Abrams was to say oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So in yeah. a couple of years, if they ask Johnson to do episode 10. You'd probably jump on it. Jump on it. Yeah. Jump on it. But what did you think uh, last about Abrams coming back? It's the the obvious choice as far as I would go. I mean, what else are you going to do? You, you you try to give new guys. And I think that's what Kathleen Kennedy and, and they've been trying to do is give new people a chance to do their thing. You know, you want to let people take the reins, be welcome into the fold. And when they're blowing it, that's it. She's not fucking around, dude. She's like, I'm done. I give you a chance to kick the can and you're not kicking it the way we want you to kick it. We're over this. So we'll just go with the person who was reluctant to do the first time we gave it to him, pulled off something awesome. And here we go. So yeah, I have no problem. Cool. Yeah, me too. I think you couldn't have got a better person to just, do it. Just take the opportunity, people. Oh, like, people that yeah. fuck it up? Yeah. Yeah. Just, God, yeah, we talked about God. that a couple of weeks ago. We but, did yeah. talk about that. And but it's yeah, just, but this, I agree. It's right frustrating. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it is frustrating. Just take the chance. Fuck. It's Hollywood. You're yeah. making a Star Wars film. I it, Just sit there. It is mind-boggling. Yes. Yes, ma'am. Mind-boggling. No, ma'am. These guys fuck this up. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Just insane. No. It really is. No. But Abrams is a great pick, and I think it, now that he doesn't have to do all the fan service stuff like he did for Force Awakens, right. mm-hmm. you know, you're, you're obligated to some point to make the fans want to feel like nostal- a Star Wars nostalgic. Again. Yeah. Now he can do a J.J. Abrams film mm-hmm. with all kinds of laser flare <laughs> all over L- the screen, lens flare, lens yeah. flare, not laser flare. Yeah, all over the screen. Yeah, but, but he's not, but he's also not going to butt heads. No, no, he's not with them. So and yes. they're not going to butt heads with him because no, because he's already. Got himself the license. Yeah, he's proven yes. himself. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Well, we have an email from the Wim, John Wimmer. He's a great guy. Mm-hmm. And best of luck to you, John. I know you were going through some stuff. He's just an amazing guy, and he sends emails to us, and we love him, and we wish the best for him for everything. And he put, hey, guys, just wanted to add a thought on J.J. Abrams becoming the director of Episode Nine. I'm all for it. So are we, buddy. I can still rewatch TFA and still holds up for me. I'm happy that Kathleen Kennedy is going gangster with anyone who is not holding true with Star Wars. <laughs> so am I, man. I think she's obligated to do that for Lucasfilm and for the fans. She knows how important it is. Yeah. I do have a question for you guys that I heard on another podcast, and it got me thinking as well. If you could have a, any fictional character on your podcast, who would it be? Huh. I would go for Randall Graves from Clerks. Oh, that's a good one, man. Uh-huh. Nothing like discussions about all the walking in Lord of the Rings movies, independent contractors work on the Death Star, and chicks with dicks. <laughs> also, shout out to Lymphoma Awareness Day on September 15th. Love the show, guys. The whim. Now, obviously, we're recording this after September 15th. Mm-hmm. And uh, yes, a big shout out to Lymphoma Awareness Day. And I remember, I think I posted something to you that day. Yeah, man. Big shout out to you and everything that you do, and you are an inspiration, my friend. That's mm-hmm. all I have to say. 
Great question. What character, fictional character, would we like to have on this podcast if we can interview? Hmm. <laughs> you got one. Less I, think got less, one. Less, I think Les has one. Uh, it, we'd never be able to interview him, but it, it Deadpool would be fucking great. Dude. Oh, oh that would he would be just funny. start messing around, though. He'd grab your mic and be like, I'm about to do to you what Limp Bizkit did to music in the late 90s. I would love to have Tony Stark. Oh, that is here. good. And I would like to ask him a bunch of questions and get snarky little answers back <laughs> and fun little answers I back. I think he'd take over the damn thing. That's what yeah. I'm saying. He'd probably go, wait, what am I doing over here? No, no, no. You sit over here and I'll sit over there. Yeah, yeah. We, yeah. we would go out and party. But after that, go out and party. He'd probably see the setup and be like, guys, I have a better studio in my car. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's true. <laughs> and his car would like probably. hover down and yeah, pick us up. Yeah, too. exactly. Yeah, that's funny. You think anything? No. <laughs> Shit. Uh, wow, seriously? There's so many. I know. I don't know. All right. I, now, now I have my pick. Okay. Uh, Stewie Griffin. Munch me, bitch. Oh, shit. Stewie Griffin. That's a great one. <laughs> Stewie would be great. That would, that would be funny to have him on. Brian would be great, too. Yeah. I'll, I'll, if, if, if it had to be like a real person, I would pick Seth MacFarlane. Because I think he would be, he's, he's actually a really good person. I think he'd be a blast to have on. But yeah, <laughs> that spurred into one of my favorite characters that he has on Family Guy, and that would be Stewie. Yeah. That's great. Speaking yeah. of Seth MacFarlane, I watched Orville. Oh, really? Yeah. I was very a- surprised. Really? Because you- it's nothing like what the previews show you. Huh. Really? It's funny uh-huh. and it's dry humor, but there's some serious shit in it. It's not, really? Yeah. It's not like just a slapstick bullshit joke thing. Huh. It's an hour long, like, it's it's categorized as a drama. Hmm. Oh, okay. it is funny though. Anything over an hour is pretty much a drama now. Yeah, so they, they so categorize it. It has to carry an hour, so it would have to have some substance. Mm-hmm. Oh, it has a lot of substance. That's great, huh. a lot of substance. It was definitely not what I expected. Oh, that's interesting. And the CGI was pretty cool. Yeah, it, it is funny. It's Seth MacFarlane humor, yeah. and it has a story to it. Huh. So how yeah, is he leading a uh, leading a show? Oh, it's cool. Yeah, yeah, he's great. Okay, good. I, 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 I'm bought into it. And 16 million people watched it. Wow. So it did really well. Really, really well. All right. We, so we have one voicemail that has to do with this J.J. Abrams stuff. Uh, Neil from Chicago, he wanted to call in and uh, talk about it. Here's Neil. What's up, Sith Heads? It's your boy, Neil from Chicago, uh, dropping you a voicemail. Um, what I wanted to talk about today was... Uh, Mainly just the recent directorial um, approach for episode nine. Um, as we know, Colin Trevorrow is out as of Wednesday of this last week. Um, and again, uh, that spot is open. I'm hoping personally Ryan Johnson fills it. He seems to be doing such a great job with uh, The Last Jedi. But again, that's just me personally. Um, my concern with this recent change again, along with Lord and Miller on the uh, Han Solo film is that good directors in the future may be too scared to put their put their hat, so to speak, you know, for fear that they're going to get axed like you know the four previous people that have uh, as as far as we're counting here. Um, so I guess what I wanted to know is what is your opinion on the the recent change of uh, the director of uh, Episode Nine? And do you think it's going to somewhat give Disney, like, uh, I guess, or give uh, the new directors a bad taste as far as Disney is concerned? All right, guys. Well, again, I want to thank you for putting out a great podcast and have a good rest of the week. Thanks so much. Bye. Neil, thank you so much. 
Thank you for those kind words at the end. Really appreciate it. Mm -hmm. Thank you for listening every week. Uh, So you just heard what we had to say about the J.J. Abrams thing, but I think you made a great point with one thing that is definitely a negative. Are they going to lose out on young, great directors wanting to direct Star Wars films or standalones because of this? Are they going to make young directors scared shitless to do what they want to do, their vision, mm-hmm. they're afraid of halfway through, Kathleen Kennedy is going to come in and say, get out, get the fuck out of here. Mm-hmm. What do you guys think? Uh, I think it's a yes and a no. I think some directors will, some directors should, like we just said, they should be able to get in there and say, this is what I have as a vision, but whatever you would like, I'll go ahead and go with that. Some directors, if they're going to go in there and be like, no, man, this is exactly what I want done. And you guys aren't seeing what I have in mind. And this is this isn't what I wanted to do here. I mean, I guess there's a I guess you can do those things. But in some cases, you just have to play ball. Mm -hmm. I think you just have to play ball. And then you know what? If the question I want to ask is, is does this open it up for other great directors in general? I mean, Ron Howard has now been called in. He could easily do his own movies. No problem. You know, he does his own movies. He has a great track record. Are they going to start calling in other great directors? You mean like big time A-list directors? Yeah, just like, yeah, and just say, look, come on in, man. I mean. I think Ron Howard helps it. Helps other directors wanting to do it. Does that open the door another way is what I want to ask, too. So, yes, the young directors should want to come in. And, yeah, they might might be scared and be like, I don't know if I want to go messing around over there because... You know, look what happened to these guys. But I think it also opens the door to bigger things. I think it opens the door to bigger directors and and more established people being asked to come along or at least being able to express interest and possibly having their hat in the ring. Mm. Will we ever get Steven Spielberg to direct a Star Wars film? No. Never? Mm. That's interesting. Why? Because of his friendship with George? No, no, because I, I, uh, he, he has said that he doesn't want to make action or, or too many, too many more sci-fi movies anymore. He wants to do more, uh, drama and, and, uh, and maybe not like thriller movies, but, you know, more, more stuff like Lincoln. You know, this Ready Player One was, was a surprise for me. Cause, yeah. cause from what I had heard, he, I didn't think you'd make a, another movie like that. You know, he wants to make more stuff like, uh, War Horse and stuff like that and less, you know, Ready Player One or uh, uh, Minority Report or AI or anything like that. So I don't think I don't think he'll do it. But going back to the other question, um, yeah, I, I do agree with Les. Uh, some some directors will be scared, but you do have to toe the line a bit. You know, and and also it comes down to I'm you know it's not like they just hire these people and ask or or, or just let them have free reign. It has to be a a equal partnership. You guys have to work together where you say, this is my vision. This is what I, this is what I'm thinking of doing. This is my plan. And if they, if they're going to change it drastically, don't sign on. Don't, 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 don't try and change what, what, what they're going to want to do. You know, you, you do have to work together as, as a team to make a, make a solid product. So with that, yeah, you kind of do, you kind of do have to be a little bit scared and, and you have to know what you are willing to do and not to do. Just cause it's Star Wars, don't just sign on cause it's just Star Wars. Sign on because you want to make something great that is still within the same line of Star Wars. You can't change Star Wars extremely drastically. That's, that's not good. That's not, that's not good for Star Wars. You have to, <laughs> no, you have to realize not. that and be like, okay, I have to keep it within the same, 
realm. Maybe I could put my own touch on it. That's fine, but not, you know, change this and change that and make this different, make that different. No, that, that can't be possible. I do, I do want it to go to other areas and other characters and new characters and new planets and new things that we haven't seen before. But still stay, stay within the same vein. Well, the vein. feel of Star Wars. Yeah, the same vein yeah. of Star Wars. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah go do different things. Yeah, that would be fantastic, but it still has to be Star Wars. Yes. Yeah, you can't get too crazy with an episodic thing. Mm-hmm. Now, for Rogue One, they had a chance to play around and and take it in different directions and everything, but we all knew exactly what this was going to be. Mm-hmm. It so, was Star Wars. And it was mm-hmm. Star Wars, yeah. Mm-hmm. So it was not... It was Star Wars through and through. Yes, through and through. So even that, like, you still knew it was going to come. You got what we, you got what your... I mean, it was good to get a different take, and it was good to get a fresh story, but it's still the same story. It's still the one we all knew. Yeah, the, background, the background's all the same. Yeah, it just expanded and helped explain things and put pieces into place for us. Yeah, you won't be able to do too much with an established franchise. Even like when you get Jurassic World, it's still dinosaurs. And a theme park. At a theme park. And they get out mm-hmm. and they start biting people. Well, no, I always <laughs> you talk can't of, change. I always talk about why I don't understand how TFA got so much shit for being like the original Star Wars New Hope, but Jurassic World didn't get the same amount of shit for being exactly like Jurassic, Jurassic Park. Park. Yeah. To, I mean, to a point where the scenes were almost the same. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but, because there's a, there's a difference. There's Star Wars. Yeah. There's, there's, there's this, you know, this idea of this almost, you know, holy thing that is Star Wars. And then there's also, although Jurassic Park is amazing and the, and, yeah. and the stories that nowhere are being created near. Be nowhere near. No. Nowhere near where, where people are, you know, some people forget, some people forget some of the aspects of Jurassic Park. Nobody will ever forgets the, the main aspects we of Star Wars. We don't have Jurassic Park toothpaste. Yeah, exactly. Or yeah, there's, oranges. Yeah, there's not oranges, there's not water bottles or grapes or yeah. other shit like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I saw toilet true. paper. I was like, come on, guys. You can push it. I never wipe my ass with Star Wars toilet paper. That's disrespectful. Well, you know, if, if, <laughs> if it has, uh, if it has like, uh, General Hux's face on it, I think I'd wipe Aww. my ass. Yeah. Poor General Hux. That guy's that guy's a fantastic actor, but he's fuck great. him as a character. Yeah, he's yeah, that's true. <laughs> well, this is a good segue. Well, especially your Steven Spielberg and Ready Player One mm-hmm. uh, talk that you just had. Mm-hmm. Robert emailed us, and uh, Robert said, "What's up, guys? Okay, so I just finished Ready Player One last night and saw the trailer for the first time this morning. I refused to watch the trailer before finishing the book. Didn't want any spoilers." And it was so freaking good. My question is, are they going to be able to get enough rights to all the things mentioned in the book to make the movie as great? I mean, even if they had half of the rights, would that be enough? I'm not sure if you guys have read it, but I know you mentioned it a few weeks ago when the trailer came out. Thanks for reading my email. Hope you guys all have a great week. Your friend in the force, Robert. Robert, thank you for the email, first of all. Mm -hmm. And I'm sorry it was a couple of weeks late uh, on the podcast, but... I don't think they're going to come close to getting all of the rights. But I think that's okay. Because what we saw in the trailer seemed like a shit, a shit time. They had and, and they're, and they're still holding time. a lot from us. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've talked to some people. We, I have not read the book. And I don't think Les has. No. And I don't no. think Boo has. But we have a friend, Andrew Medina, who just finished the book. And he told me there was a, like a chapter almost dedicated to Rush. <laughs> the band that I love. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite bands of all time. And there's... Chapters dedicated to specific pop culture things from the 80s. So I don't think they can do that, but you're going to see a shit ton of stuff. And they're also using the 90s as well. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's enough material or enough things to get the the rights to. So they they should be able to pull off enough to make it a satisfactory movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm very I'm very excited about it. Yeah. The, there will be tons and tons yeah. and tons of nostalgia, tons of moments where you're just like, oh, that's cool. Oh, I remember that. Oh, yeah. There, there'll be enough. And chances are, you know, there's always stuff that has to be cut out of books. And you know right. that's that's just how it is with movie making and and using a book as your as your source. You know it's just a tough thing, but it has to happen. But right. yeah, yeah, there there will be plenty of moments within the runtime of the movie where it's just chock full of nostalgia and chock full of things that you'll remember and stuff like that that you that will just blow your mind. So I, I I think it'll be fine. I do want to read the book or listen to right. the audio book mm-hmm. because people just rave about it. Yeah, and yeah. I haven't heard one person say it's been bad or boring or anything like. And, and and it's it's our mm-hmm. world, especially yes. less yeah, less and I. And sometimes what you'll get is if someone else doesn't authorize the rights, another group will say, "Go ahead and use our stuff because we want it to be used." Mm-hmm. So where just like you know, uh, one of those ones that really is really cool is Wreck It Ralph. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And they pretty much went through the whole gaming world. They didn't get every single game. But they got enough, mm-hmm. and you better believe people were like, "Hell yeah, it's a movie about video games." Mm-hmm. Hubert wasn't it? Take it, yeah, yeah take our property, dude. Go right ahead and, and run with this thing. So, yeah, I'm sure it was tricky to get the rights, and I'm sure some people didn't authorize and didn't re- consent. And then, in some cases, I'm sure they were like, other people were like, "Yeah, go ahead. If they didn't give you that, you can take this instead." You're mm-hmm. not going to get all the Steven Spielberg stuff because he said it himself that he couldn't do all of them. Yeah, he didn't want to do all mm-hmm. of them. He didn't want to make it. Like an ego thing for yeah, him. Yeah, just giving all him all self-praise. Yeah, look at all my shit. Yeah. yeah. I bet James Cameron would. Oh. <laughs> well, James Cameron, will, James Cameron will talk shit on it because it, fucking blue Smurfs weren't in there. Guaranteed. Not the fuck face. The Smurfs might actually be in there, though. Yeah. All right. Thank you for that mm-hmm. email, man. It was great. Great emails, great voicemails. Thank you, guys. Yes. And um, I think that's pretty much it. Anything else for you guys? Football season started. Fantasy Yay. football is killing us. I'm 0-2, hopefully. Hopefully not 0 and 3. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll see uh, how that goes. And uh, my charters still suck. Yeah. <laughs> We've blown two games. Yep. Well, your kicker has. My kicker. Uh, yeah. My kicker has. Yeah. Single hand. No, your team is putting your kicker in some shitty positions, but whatever. He's still supposed to kick. Yeah. yeah. All Steelers are up, baby. Hey, Richie, what's up? Ah. Uh, uh. All right, guys. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening. I know it was a short episode, but we'll get back on the horse next week. Oh, yeah. For a full-length episode. If you haven't seen It yet, something's wrong with you. Go see It. Go see The Kingsman. Mm -hmm. Email us. Voicemail us. Let us know what you think. And we'll talk about it next week on episode number 60 of The Sith List.